What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the official GAR Capital podcast. My name is Carlos Garcia. I'm the founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Welcome aboard, joining me on the new episode. And today we're talking about markets as voted by you on Instagram. Just talk markets as we usually do. Um, We like to switch it up different times when it comes to uh, different episodes and different topics. Again, this is your show. Talk about what you want to talk about in regards to the stock market, investing, personal finance, and whatever else is on your mind in regards to money. So with that being said, let's get started. So this week, again, uh, big, big catalyst this week was Tuesday, the elections. And uh, we actually, I'm in actually uh, South Florida, so we actually still have elections going on, which is the uh, governor's race and the Senate race. Uh, It's going to go back to recount. Again, does that affect markets in general? The Senate's already locked in by the Republicans. The governorship, Democrats did pick up a lot of governorships. Uh, not a lot to focus on on that side. If you're into politics, that's something maybe you would want to be interested in. But for the most part, it's nothing going to change the market. All the action happened on Wednesday. Uh, if you were watching Futures on Tuesday during the CNN, Fox News, MSNBC uh, reporting of the news as it went along through the evening regarding exit polls and who won the election and who conceded, uh, Futures did bounce up very, very high during the talk that the Republicans may have had a shot to retain the House. In the end, they did not. The, Re- the Democrats picked up the necessary seats, but the Republican did retain the Senate and actually gained seats in the Senate, interestingly enough. Uh, so again, that was pretty bullish for the market. Wednesday, the market soared. The Dow soared about 545 points. Uh, very, very big news on that. Again, you probably say to yourself, well, why would the Dow be going up if you have split chambers of Congress? Here's the deal. The main thing is that you're looking at a couple things. Gridlock is a good thing for the market because for the fact that you're not going to get such a one-sided affair when it comes to legislation. Uh, if the Republicans did hold the, the, uh, the uh, both chambers of Congress, obviously you probably have a little more of a fact of you know, pro-business, more tax cuts. But having the Dems there too, talk about having an infrastructure bill being passed would be good for industrial companies like a Caterpillar, John Deere, um, those kind of companies. So again, you'll have benefits on both sides. But again, usually for the stock market, historically speaking, gridlock is a good thing. After midterms, uh, stock markets have usually ended green when there's a split Congress. So very interesting data to come out. But again, you know, we looked at Wednesday, we had a nice pop in the Dow. And then Friday, we had a little bit of a sell-off down 202. Can't say sell-off, but 202 in the Dow. Uh, what's rotating in the market? Uh, what you're noticing here, guys, and you're probably seeing it uh, all over in the market is you're seeing a rotation. That's what we call rotation. Uh, rotation is one out of one sector to another. Uh, money does not being pulled out of the market because that'd be more of a sell-off. But what you're getting is you're getting mo- money moved from one sector, this being te- uh, technology, information technology, uh, IT, cloud, you know, the social media companies, app of, you know, those kind of big cap tech companies, or we call the FANG companies or the MAGA companies. FANG meaning Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google, now Alphabet. And then you have the MAGA stocks, which are Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon. Now keep in mind, those companies, and then you want to include Facebook in the MAGA one, MAGA F if you want to call it. If you want to go ahead and include those stocks, keep in mind guys, that's 30%. Those five companies are 30% of the NASDAQ. Now that was great when the market is going up, when you have Amazon soaring, of course, those are good things. Uh, but again, when the market falls, it works both ways. It's going to drag down the whole index. So that's very unsustainable. This kind of reminds me of 07 when you had 
financial companies in the S&P, I mean, was it 35% of, of profits from S&P companies were for financial sector. That's unsustainable because you're too top heavy. So again, you have technology companies that are pulling the market. If you take away those tech companies, we're barely up 1% for the year. So again, you have GDP growth, that's fine. But when it comes to stocks and pricing, you're starting to see tech being realized their valuations. Now you're probably asking, Carlos, why is Amazon, Facebook, and Apple, those kind of companies, why are they going down? You know, that's a really good question. Keep in mind here, let's give a little perspective. The NASDAQ is up 7.2% year to date. It fell, the NASDAQ composite index was down 124 this Friday, and it was up Wednesday, 195. So again, you're having some movement. Again, not a, exactly a retracement back to the levels, but again, it's up 0.68% for five days. Uh, if you want to look at it this way, uh, the P.E. ratio, the average P.E. ratio, price to earnings ratio, what you're paying for in NASDAQ is 32.8. That's a little pricey, to be honest with you. That's pretty pricey. So, again, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Again, what we're seeing is a rotation. So what you're rotating in is to more value stocks, the value stocks like a Johnson & Johnson, like a Clorox, like a Kimberly Clark, like a Proctor. Proctor gained a little bit year to date. Um, United Tech, United Health is coming up. United Health is up 25%. Uh, Microsoft, again, is still up, up 28%. Uh, Walgreens up 13%. Again, you're seeing the rotation from high value tech stocks into the safety of value stocks. That's where the money is going to. Uh, good news is that you're not pulling money from the market. So you're not people cashing out, taking out money. They still believe in this market which is a good thing, but you kind of have to ask yourself, where else am I putting my money? Again, bonds, historically speaking, interest rates are very low. So there's no point of actually buying into bonds when you're just going to get on a 10-year, what, 3.2%? Uh, inflation is climbing, so keep that in mind too. So back to the tech stocks, those five companies, the MAGA-F. Now, with their earnings, you're thinking to yourself, is the valuation worth it? Is the valuation correct? I'm going to go take a look at Facebook. Facebook market cap is $348 billion. Now, keep in mind, that's a big, big drop from when they were about $200 a share. We're at a $144 a share. So year to date, uh, it's about down 20% year to date. Well, about 18% year to date Facebook. So what you're seeing is that we're not necessarily falling out of tech. They're still great companies. They're still making profit. But their valuations are so, were so high, so outrageous in a sense that now companies are seeing that, wow, your earnings are not matching what we think they're worth. So it's not worth it. But keep in mind, Facebook's PE ratio is only 19 in comparison to 33 or 34 in the NASDAQ. So I like Facebook here because it is cheaper. The only problem with Facebook, as an example, is that Facebook is one of those tech companies that hit by the double whammy. You have headline risk with privacy, like a Google, where you know, the, the Washington and the politicians are talking about privacy now. And what are they doing with people's data? So again, Facebook is not just a valuation problem, it is now a privacy problem. So again, if you cannot handle these swings, I would not touch Facebook, but it'd be a very good stock to trade short term because you're gonna get some volatility. With that being said, Google's another one. Get the same boat as Facebook, but actually Google is actually positive for the year. It's up about 4% year to date. And their P-E ratio is a little higher, 26.98%. A 26 times uh, earnings P-E ratio. So again, a little more pricey, but again, still on the low range of the 52-week range. It's trading now at 1,066. 
the high was 1273, actually an all-time high. So very interesting enough, Google, I'd rather you be in Google than Facebook personally. I think Google has a lot more profitability to the upside, but I think Facebook has a lot more value. So again, it's really again up to you, value versus price. Let's look at Apple, the darling of the market, which is the most expensive, uh, it's the uh, most valuable company on planet Earth. PE ratio is a very respectable 16.83, which is actually less than the S&P. So I would say if you are interested in getting to Apple, this would be the time. We're still in the middle of the range. Uh, it is up still about 18% year to date, even with the volatility and falling from the high of 233. Again, what's the problem here with Apple? Apple is still growing. We're seeing that. Two things. They took away the fact that they're not going to report how many iPhones they sold. Now, if you're a big transparency person, you say, well, you know, I want to know exactly what I'm getting. Well, you know what? Jim Cramer said in a very interesting quote. He said, does Procter & Gamble tell you how many razors they sell? No, they don't. Well, Apple, in a sense, is trying to get away from being a hardware company to be more a service company, service-oriented company, the cloud and what have you, and their iTunes store and everything like that. And they're doing a great job at it because services is climbing at a great pace. So again, a lot of investors got a little skittish talking about that they're not getting those iPhone hardware numbers. And it's up to Apple not to report them. That's their prerogative. They don't have to. And if you're still a believer in Tim Cook, I always say believe in Apple. I, I say there's three entities in this market that you can't bet against. Can't bet against Apple, you can't bet against Elon Musk, and you can't bet against Donald Trump. Those are the three winners so far in the market the past three or four years. Um, those are the three entities. Uh, whenever you think they're beaten down, they bounce back up. Tesla being a perfect example. And Apple being another one. I think that right now, um, it's still valuation is still very solid. They're gaining, but the thing is that they had very conservative guidance. Keep in mind, we're in the holiday season coming up. Their handset, again, there's always the headlines of the, oh, they didn't sell enough handsets. Uh, the iPhone orders are down from China, what have you. There's always something, and then the stock keeps bouncing back. Uh, again, we've had a lot of headlines in the last three years, and it has still outperformed the S&P 500. In the last three years, stock, the stock in Apple is up 75%. But the main thing you have to think about is, do you believe in this company? Do you believe in their growth? Do you believe Tim Cook as a whole? And that's where we're going to get into the next part. We're going to talk buybacks. Now, again, a lot of people are, not, are missing what buybacks are. Buybacks are when a company is spending their, some of their profit on stocks to buy back. The problem is now, if you're looking at a macro sense, is this an actual good thing for society? Uh, no, it's not. This is why wages are so low when it comes to, when it comes to companies. The reason it's so low is because instead of investing in their employees, you're getting people, you're getting CEOs artificially propping their stock price in a sense. What they're trying to do is take less supply out of the market by buying back their stock. Now you may agree with it or not, but that's the honest truth. And prop and, and that in turn brings up the, the cost of the company. Now, again, we're not here to talk about politics. We're going to talk about us in general. We're going to talk about exactly how we could profit from it. So knowing that we're going to get buybacks, Goldman's already talking to that. Goldman Sachs is talking about how S&P buybacks are going to be the highest on record in November. And the question is that they don't announce it when they're going to do it. They just announce how they're going to do it or how much. Now, if there's a company that likes to buy back their stock, it is Apple. So I can actually type into Google personally and go Apple buyback history. 
Now, again, there is blackout periods, but again, Apple does buy back a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, stock. They have a lot of cash on hand. So again, if there's a company that's going to go ahead and buy some. Apple just bought $100 billion in, 20, in March 2018, and there's still going to be more coming, guys. So again, if you wanted to ride that coattail, you could do so. Uh, IBM's chair, uh, chair people, uh, chairwoman and also the board actually bought back their stock, which brought IBM up uh, pretty nicely. Uh, IBM is still down 20% year to date. But again, it's a good lead to see that in, uh, you know, the leadership and the company believes in their company to buy back their stock. Does this always work? No, because look at General Electric. General Electric is getting absolutely crushed. So again, if you kind of believe in the company, your catalyst would be stock buybacks. Uh, Micron is doing stock buyback. Apple's doing stock buyback. These big cap cap companies are buying back their stock. Uh, uh, Amazon, not so much. But again, you're seeing these big companies like an IBM that are buying back their stock. And they're still seeing mergers and acquisitions. You saw what IBM did. They bought uh, Red Hat. And Red Hat was one of our top 10 stocks of 2018. So if you had that stock and you owned it, congratulations. But again, you're seeing a lot of buying, a lot of buying here, a lot of consolidation. A lot of people would say that's a very indication of a recession, but I see an appetite of the market. I see an appetite there. Warren Buffett bought back stock of Berkshire Hathaway. That tells me he believes in this market. He still believes in his companies. That's a really good thing. And I still, I'm still bullish on the future. I still think we'll get some short-term risk, obviously. Um, November, we're still, what, the second week of November? Uh, we still have December to go. But I think the big catalyst here, Obviously, the big, big elephant in the room is China. Um, I think that now with uh, the market, the, uh, the House being taken over by the Democrats, I think there's going to be a little added pressure on Donald Trump to actually get a deal done, not as soon as possible. If he had the House and he had the Senate, it would seem more of as an, uh, a good saying to him that the country is being run the way, be, their population is being happy the way Donald Trump is running the, the, uh, the government. So it would be like a confirmation. But now that the Dems won the House, I think it adds a little pressure on Donald Trump to actually make a deal with China. I think a China deal happens by the end of the year, in my opinion, which would make the market soar because that's the big elephant off the table. But there's another elephant on the table, and it's the Federal Reserve, and they're raising rates. Now, again, guys, raising rates is a normal thing of economic cycle. This needs to happen. Uh, interest rates are too low. We saw how producer price index, the PPI, the cost of buying goods for producers, and they always pass on their costs to their consumers. Keep in mind, that's actually up for the last six years. We just hit the high of the last six years, six-year high on the PPI index. So now we have CPI this week, consumer price index. This is how much the cost of goods is to the regular population, general population, to you and I. Now, again, if that costs more, that's going to add more inflationary pressure because there's, the, the, the market is getting too hot. You have to actually increase rates to curb inflation. Another big uh, report coming out this week is the retail sales report. As we know, 70% of the economy is the consumer. So again, if you still have in that consumer confidence where, where people are actually buying, buying uh, items and goods, they're actually shopping, that's a good thing. Again, I think that would be the catalyst to keep this economy going. Uh, you know, the Amazons, the Home Depots, the Walmarts, the Macy's, the Targets of the world, these retail companies are absolutely on fire. They're doing great things. Uh, E-commerce is definitely chugging along and you're starting to see the growth. I mean, look at Macy's, a company that was beaten down for the past three years. The consumer has absolutely lifted it up. So again, you still have a lot of bull catalysts 
but you still have some bearish catalysts. I actually made a bear call on the SPX, which is the S&P 500 index, because you had so much going on. The uncertainty of the elections, the Fed, uh, the China trade war, and boy, did we bounce off that 2300 handle. We bounced off that very, very significantly. It looks like value just came in and there's a lot of cash on the sidelines. People were sort of buying back stock. People wanted to buy more stock. Um, you really can't dispute that. It's just what we are in, in a situation here. So can't fight this bull market. Um, again, I still have a target for the, for the Dow as 30,000 by end of the year. And I had a target of 8,000 for the, for the NASDAQ and 3,000 for the S&P. Will we hit it by end of the year? That remains to be seen if we have an uphill climb. Uh, right now, the SPX is at 2781. Uh, could we get there? I think the SPX has the better shot of getting to 3000 than the NASDAQ hitting 8000. I just think because of the NASDAQ being so bundled together by five companies, to me, that's a ticking time bomb. And it's not that they're not profitable, guys. Keep that in mind. These are great companies. The problem is valuation. Are they worth these billion dollar valuation? Is Amazon worth a trillion dollars? Hell, is, Amazon, is Apple worth a trillion? That's over the market to decide. Again, we will see. But if Apple starts buying back their shares, you will see Apple break the 210 level again. Will we hit 233 by the end of the year? I don't think so. I think we can hit the new all-time highs next year once we get the numbers from all the, uh, well, we're not gonna get handset numbers anymore, but we get EPS growth due to holiday shopping. You know, they just unveiled the new MacBooks. Keep in mind, for Apple's numbers that they just reported, their new handsets, which are the, uh, I think it was the, the 10S, I always say the XS is the 10S and the 10S Max, those were not included in those numbers. Keep in mind, when it comes to earnings, guys, earnings is back-ended. We're not looking at the earnings in the past. If they beat, that's fine, but we already know that. That's already passed. What we're looking for is now, from, from now on, we're looking at guidance. We want, we're looking forward to 2019. We're two months away from 2019. That's where everyone is looking at right now. Are we going to continue growth? Are these companies worth getting the money to buy their stock for the continued growth of 2019? Any kind of company that are cutting forecasts for 2019, you need to stay away because it may just get worse for them. So if they're cutting forecasts now, that's not even being conservative. They're just telling you that we're not going to grow at that clip anymore. So again, uh, you know, a conservative guidance is fine, but an actual cut, that's something that I want to be worried about. And I would stay away from those kind of stocks. So right now, what are you buying? You know, you know, you could stay defensive, defensive companies. You know, that's pretty, pretty safe play. Dividend stocks I've been saying over and over. But uh, again, I still like Apple here. I still like these kind of companies. You know, again, it's a valuation issue, but I still like Apple, their PE ratios. I want to get companies on the cheap. Uh, if there's companies I want to stay away from, oil's actually getting crushed. I would stay away from the Exxon Mobiles and the Chevrons of the world and the Marathon oils. Uh, the stronger dollar is going to happen with a rising interest rate market. The Saudis keep pumping oil, so be very careful there. Um, if there's a stock that I can give you this week that I would say take a look at, that's very, very interesting. I'm, I'm very interested in Home Depot this week. Home Depot reports on Tuesday. They're down 1.8% after hitting a new all-time high recently. The last three months, they've actually absolutely getting crushed. Uh, let's see how they report. Let's see what their guidance is for 2019. Again, they're a mix of a retail and they're a mix of a construction because all the home builders that, you know, that buy stuff from Home Depot and, and all that and anyone that's not buying a new home because new home sales are actually down. Again, that's a leading indicator of a slower growth. But again, if people are not buying new homes, maybe they're staying in their homes. And if they're staying in their homes, they're more likely going to do more home improvement. So that's actually a good thing. So maybe a Home Depot thing. You know, the hurricanes hit. Home Depot gets usually pretty bullish with that. Uh, the only thing that works with Home Depot, 
that I like is that they're pretty much Amazon proof. They, you know, you're not going to buy lumber on Amazon. You're just going to get it on, at Home Depot or Lowe's. Uh, Lowe's took a little bit of a hit as well, but I like Home Depot. I want to take a look at their earnings. I want to see their forecast for 2019 if we get a continued growth on Home Depot. So they have two sides. They are a retail side. Keep in mind, they are retail. Retail is growing. But again, they're also part of the home builders, which got crushed. Uh, you know, home builders, um, those kind of deals in regards to construction. So if construction slows down, industrial, they're going to get hit uh, Home Depot-wise. So again, keep that in mind. That's a stock I'm looking at this week is Home Depot. So again, tons to talk about. We talked about a lot today. Um, but again, we're all just going to keep looking. At the end of the day, guys, fluctuation is the key of life and the key of, of markets. It's just what it is. It's just prices. But again, now we're starting to make that turn now. As we're closing in 2018, we're moving to 2019. Uh, don't be surprised fund managers take some money off the table. It was a very profitable year. Uh, so if you get a little bit more sell-offs, that's not an unusual occurrence because you'll have a lot of fund managers raising cash before the year end to show their investors they were profitable. And that's okay. So again, I think we're going to have a pretty stable ride till 2019. The main thing I'm going to be looking at, we got one catalyst out of the way, which was the elections. The other catalyst I'm waiting for is China and if we get that done. But earnings reports are basically over. Uh, for the most part, most S&P companies have reported. Um, but that's where we are right now, guys. That's pretty much the state of the markets. Hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you profit from our information. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to message us, email us, um, Instagram, Facebook, we're everywhere, GAR Capital. Our website is GARcapitalFX.com. My name is Carlos Garcia. I'm the founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Have a great rest of your weekend. Hope you have a great and profitable week. And just want to give a big shout out to our veterans. Tomorrow is Veterans Day observed in the markets. But actually today is Veterans Day. Was Armistice Day, celebration of the end of World War I. I want to give a special thank you to all of our service members and troops. And thank you so much for your service to this great country. We're a grateful nation. I'm a grateful individual. Without you guys, we couldn't do what we do on an everyday basis. Watching the markets and talking investing. So again, thank you so much to all our heroes, men and women who are serving overseas and stateside. We really do appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll catch you for the next podcast, guys. Have a great rest of your day.